alive. The bus feels good. You can make it through the premium and have a, have a short and that short message. Not necessarily yet. Depends. Depends. Uh, everybody have a good week? Alrighty. Um, man, I, I wanted to share a couple of little testimonies uh, this, about this week. I was supposed to go to this retreat, and I really somehow did not want to go to the retreat, just to be honest with you. And so I got this stomach bug, which sort of, I couldn't go, because you know, I had to stay close to the bathroom. Uh, but it really gave me a great opportunity this week to really spend time with the Lord and talk to the Lord. Um, and the Lord really spoke to me a pretty good bit this week. But one thing that, that I really felt, and uh, I felt like there was a spiritual shift that happened. I felt it this week. Anybody else feel that? Any kind of, anybody, raise your hand. See, other people are feeling there is a, there's a spiritual shift take, uh, taking place right now. And, and I think that's really important for us to to pay attention when the Lord starts beginning to bring us a shift in things. And so I think one of the things that's, that's happening is, is uh, you know, we've been through some, some difficult times here in our country, and a lot of people have suffered. And a lot of people have been in the wilderness, and, and but some people are coming out of the wilderness right now. See, that, that's what the shift is. God is beginning to shift things for us. and So I want to encourage you. It doesn't mean you're going to come out of it, I mean, you know, some people may, we're all on a different timeline with the Lord, okay? But I do want to encourage you that we all need to understand that we need to be able to connect with what God's doing, okay? And God is, is, is wanting to empower us to, to connect with Him. Amen? And, and so I think that that's, that's the thing that I felt, and I want to read this scripture. Uh, it's 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. And... It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now I want y'all to, re- to say this along with me. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So what I feel like the Lord's been showing me is God's releasing the grace to be enriched in everything. That's a pretty big, big statement, right? I mean, that's pretty. But that's what it, what it says that we will be enriched in everything, every area of our life. God wants to cause us to thrive. God wants to cause us to, to prosper uh, and flourish. That's what thrive means. It means to prosper and flourish. And it means to grow or develop well or vigorously. So God, that's really what God's trying to do right now. God is bringing people into a place where they can, if you need spiritual growth or any kind of growth in your life, you can grow well and vigorously now, okay? And, but you can also flourish in your life now. That's, that's really the grace of God being released right now. That's what I feel like He's releasing to us. Now, there's a scripture that says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. That's 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 17. This is what this means. It means in our spirit, man, we have direct communion with God. In fact, it's the only part of us as people that, that's the part of us that can always have direct communion with God. In other words, we have a direct connection with God in our spirit all the time. Whether you are aware of that or not, that's the truth of the Scripture. 
as we are one with the Lord, as, as we abide in the Lord, we are one with Him, we have total connection with Him, we can have total communication with Him on a spiritual level. Okay? What God has been trying to do is teach us how to take what is real inside of us, spiritually, and be able to experience it with the rest of us. Okay? With our, with, in our minds and in our hearts. And see, that's where, where the, the disconnect comes for a lot of Christians. Because a lot of, every Christian has the direct communion with God in their spirit, whether you know it or not, whether you're aware it or not. You have that. What well, the Bible just says that. Okay, so, but what God's been trying to train us and teach us how to take what's real in us and make it real, you know, without, you know, out here where we can begin to connect with what's going on in the spirit realm. See, this is of, of critical importance to us. Okay, you know, if we don't know that there's a spiritual shift going on, it could be difficult. It's not going to necessarily be automatic that you'll shift with God. So you need to be able to connect with what He's doing spiritually and be consciously aware of it. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it does me no good for God to communicate something down here but if I don't ever become conscious, consciously aware of it. So, so God's teaching us how to do that. He's teaching us how to, and that's where, you know, all this stuff we were talking about angels earlier, that's sort of important. Uh, that's where a lot of that comes, is God trying to, t- to connect us and being able to connect with, with that world consciously. And that's really just an awesome thing uh, that I feel like that we should really be pursuing right now is in cultivating that kind of, of a mindset and that kind of heart. Uh, but here's the problem. Okay, here's, here's the problem. We all have this problem. Okay, and here's what our problem is. Our problem is here, is our mind. Okay, now let's just get real here. We all have a lot of stuff in our mind that we shouldn't have in our mind. We have lies in our mind. We have wrong things in our mind that keep us from being able to connect with the spiritual world. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Okay? This is what he said. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. I'm paraphrasing. He said, I don't have it up anymore. He said this, I'm afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, okay, that you would be deceived in your minds from the simple-hearted devotion to Christ. Now, when I read that, I thought, my goodness, why didn't he say in our hearts? Why? He said, deceived in your mind. And, and I'm going to tell you, that's where our problem is. We're deceived in our minds about things. We believe things that are wrong in our minds. And because we have this wrong belief system in our minds, we're not able to connect with what's going on spiritually. Because here's what it says in Romans, okay? Romans chapter 1, Paul talked about people who knew God. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God, nor were they thankful. Therefore, God, you know, let, left their mind. Okay? God left their mind. So once God is out of our mind, the next thing that happened to them, is what he said, and, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see what I'm saying? You see, your heart follows your mind. The mind, the heart, the mind doesn't follow the heart. Whatever your mind gives a permission for in your life is what's going to happen. That's why the mind really is the, is the key portion, is the key thing for us spiritually. In other words, you know, the way people used to say it, and I never really got it really. You know, it took me a long time to get up. Is your believing rules you, you do not rule your believing. 
Okay? Your believing rules you. What you believe is going to rule your life. And, you, and there's nothing you can do about it if, if, as long as you allow that belief system in your life. If it's wrong, you're going to be ruled by wrong things. And that's what a lot of the... That, to me, that's one of the primary problems with most Christians. That's why people don't connect with the spiritual realm. You know, that's why people don't move in the power of God. It's because of something that's in here that's wrong. And we, we, are, we, we sort of write off. Let me read this John 3.27. Uh, this is good. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given him from heaven or given unto him. It's funny how that says that. But So what's happening right now is we're in a time where God is releasing a grace to us. Okay, that's what's going on. There's a grace being released from the Lord right now, from heaven. And we can receive that if we, if we can connect with it, if we can understand it. That grace is being released. Uh, so last week, I gave you a message on, the message was on how to, really the message should have been titled, How to Succeed. Okay, y'all remember that message I gave on how to succeed? Somebody remember it. Thank you, Lord. But I don't really believe in how-to messages, really. Because they don't ever work, you know, because like I was saying, somebody could tell me, Byron, this is how, this is how you hang that door. I'm never going to be able to hang that door. You could give me nine steps to hanging the door, and I promise you I'm going to call you 19 times, and finally I'm going to say, you got to come help me. I just can't do it. You could tell me how all day long, but I just don't have it. Uh, but I, the reason I shared that message is because the Lord, the Lord spoke it to me. He told me that. He said, this is how, this is, tell him how to succeed. That's how it, how it came. Okay, tell me. Tell me how to succeed. I need to succeed. Anyways, I told you the story about uh, my storage room. Y'all remember that? And how God, how I went into my storage room and began to sweep, clean out my storage room, take stuff out of it, and I began to, God began to examine my life. He began to let me see my life. And begin to see things in me that was not necessarily what God wanted in me. And uh, a lot of people want to know about them things. Like one person came up, Byron, no, you didn't throw your weights out, did you? I have a weight bench and all that stuff in my storage room. No, I didn't throw my weight, weight bench out. That wasn't one of my issues. Somebody else said, did you throw your golf clubs away? No, because I have got my golf clubs hidden from God, believe it or not. He, I won't even let God touch my golf club. And the reason I won't is because he was never has helped me on a golf course. This is no lie. I can guarantee I have a terrible day playing golf by doing this one thing. Lord, please help me play good today. Every time I've done that, I have had the worst time out there. So finally, I just told the Lord, I ain't having nothing to do with you when it comes to golf. You can come along with me and talk, but we ain't talking about how we're going to do this. Because I've asked you, and you have you caused me to be humiliated every time. Now, I can tell you, you can find, sometimes when I play golf, <laughs> I have actually thought about quitting several times on the 18th hole of a bad day. You know, like, I'm quitting this game, man. It has nothing to do with God. So I've got my golf gloves protected from the Lord. I don't even want to, he ain't helping me, so I'm just saying, you can't even talk to me about this. This is not an issue. Now, Becky might have something else to say about that. But really those things were heart attitudes. 
There were things in me that were not things that, that God valued. And one of the things I talked about was desires, how powerful these wrong desires uh, that you can have in your life and how those desires can really lead you astray. And I'm not talking about, I wasn't talking about just bad desires. I was just talking about desire, that desire is power. There's a great, and so you can go to a person and you can find out a lot about a person uh, by, by the, you can find out some stuff like, you know, remember, uh, y'all probably don't remember the ex uh, dictator of the Philippines, his wife had thousands of shoes. I mean, you know, that would be humiliating for somebody to find out how many pairs of shoes you have. You see what I'm saying? That, that exhibits a wrong desire in your heart if you've got so many shoes you can't ever wear the stupid thing. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? We could, there's things that we have in us that are not that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And that was really what God was beginning to say to me is there's things in you that need to go. There's desires in you that need to be removed. And what I didn't, what I really wasn't catching was in the reason that God, they need to be removed because there was a, there's a spiritual shift that God's doing that, and those things will be in the way in what God wants to bring us into now. And so Monday morning, um, we got this thing by this lady, Marsha Burns, who sends like, like a prophecy every day. I don't know how she does that. I don't even know who she is, honestly, but she has good prophecies sometimes. I mean, they're always good. They're always a word, and they have a scripture associated with them. And sometimes it'll really be something that'll really speak to me personally. You know what I'm saying? You know, you just read like, oh, man, it's like she's read my mail. She knows me. Then there'll be other times you get about halfway through it, and you're like uh, dozing off or, you know, distracted. It's, it's just not for you. Well, Monday I got this word, okay? I want to read it to you. Are y'all good? It says, Your foundation in the kingdom has been swept clean and purified. As I have revealed error and presumption, you have released those things to the fires of purification. Isn't that good? Now is the time to build anew. Now is the time to build. And you will do this by building in righteousness and not allowing anything to alter or pervert the truth. Build according to my plans and purposes and not according to your own desires. Build according to my plans and purposes and not according to your own desires. Remember I talked about last week, you know, a lot, one desire that was really wrong was our own desires. You know, that when we have a desire that's so powerful that it excludes people around us. We're seeking our own desire and how that can drive a wedge into your relationships with people and your relationship with the Lord. So don't build according to your own desire. Carry out my assignments and let your construction be according to the pattern that I set before you. For I will surely lead you in this process, says the Lord. I say arise and build, for this is the beginning of a season of recovery and restoration on all levels. Recovery and restoration of all. Now, who in here really needs a season like that? A season of recovery and restoration. See, I believe God is calling us into that. Okay? We're, that's the season God is attempting to bring us into. Okay? Now, here's the key, though. You, just because that's what God's doing, does not mean that's going to automatically happen with you. 
if the first part doesn't happen with you, the last part can't happen with you. In other words, if God has not been allowed to purify things in your life and to sweep things out of your life and deal with things in your life, how can He bring you into the, to the fruit, to the, to the reward of that, to the purpose of that? If you have not allowed Him to go into your life, and go into your heart, go into your mind and begin to deal with those things that are there that shouldn't be there. If we think that God's, if, if God, oh, the new season's going to come, it's going to be a season of blessing, it's going to be a season of prosperity and success, and things are going to happen and God's going to be with us and He's going to walk us through it, that is the truth. But if you think that's going to happen with you and you not allow God to do the other in your life, I don't think that's really sound thinking. I think that's faulty thinking. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. God will begin to do something and they are not being able to get engaged in what He's doing and they wonder why. Right? Have you ever been in that place? I mean, I don't know, I can give you 99 times I've been there. And it always goes back that the Father's saying, this could be yours if you, if you will allow me to do my part in you. See, I feel like for me, it was like I was start stumbling into what God's doing, but it's an offer from God. See, God's making an offer to us. This is what He's making an offer to us. To sweep, clean, and purify our lives. The stuff that's in there that shouldn't be there anymore. Okay? That's, that's the offer. And, and not to build according to our own desires, but allow God to begin to work in here and work in here, removing stuff that shouldn't be there, and as he does that, we can come into something fresh with God, to something that's real. That's why I'm saying this mind thing is so critical for us. Because that's going to keep you out of what God wants you to do. It's going to keep you out. God's not keeping you out. God's not holding out on us. He would never do that. He doesn't do that. But he will, um, you know, you know, I always wonder why some of these promises that I have in my life on the Lord, why don't they ever happen? Have you ever thought that? But you believe they were the Lord. Okay? I believe, you know, some of it has to do with just timing and overall purposes of what God's doing, you know, in the earth. You know, that, when that time and that purpose comes, it'll happen to you. But some of it has to do with us. Not allowing God to do His, do his work in our lives. And so one of the things that I think is really important right now is relationships. Okay? really think that's really key. Ann mentioned she saw a spurring and she used the word shifting. It's about relationships and how she saw God, you know, disconnecting, reconnecting, reconfiguring kind of thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I've seen uh, in my Christian life is one of the, you know, when I have and I'm thankful right now, I don't really have any bad relationships going on my part. I'm sure there's somebody thinking they got a bad relationship with me, but I don't have like any kind of ongoing dispute or dissension or breakdown in relationship with other people right now that I know of. But I've went through a lot of that in my Christian life. But that relationship is one of the basic issues of our life. Okay? That is one of the key basic issues of our Christian life that every person in this room is going to have to deal with. You know, I told you last week, God was speaking to me about my relationship with Becky, one of the hard attitudes, and he told me I had a C in my marriage. 
that was the grade he gave me, a C. And like, yo, you've done great. You've got a C in your marriage. Like, who signed up for a C in their marriage? Right? I mean, did anybody here sign up to have an average marriage? I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for an A+. Plus. Okay, an excellent marriage. And God's saying, no, you don't have an excellent marriage right now because there's been attitudes in you. There's been desires in you, self-desires, that hindered your marriage. So that was one of the, like, one of the relational things in my life was my marriage. It's like a really important thing. I know I said that last week, but it really is. And, and, but all your relationships are really important. In fact, I can take you through the Bible and show you, I can show you many, many times in the Bible where relationships have kept people out of their destiny. Because of relational issues. I'm not talking about just a marriage relationship. I'm talking about just relationships with other people. Broken relationships that should not be there. Or you've hooked yourself up with somebody you should have never hooked yourself up with. You see what I'm saying? You've got to get this thing. We've got to get this thing right on both sides. There's, there's some relationships that we should not have in our lives. It will keep you out. It will take you away from God's purposes. And then there's relationships that we must have. And they must be healthy relationships. So I believe one of the things, see, we word this relationship word loose now in our church, prophetically, is that God is saying relationships, 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 that we really need to look at our relationships and ask God to, to work on them for us and help us with relationships and get, get it right, relationally. It's a time to get things right relationally. You know, I was shared earlier that this word, that some, some prophetic screens use this word alignment. Anybody ever heard that word alignment? Like the prophets say this, alignment's really important. And what the heck does alignment mean? I always thought that. I don't understand this alignment thing because I always think about the alignment on your car. But I believe, and I'm not really sure because I haven't really examined that word, how they're using it, but I believe alignment is important. Align relational alignment is key. And I'm not talking about just being under some, you know, somebody who's going to be over you spiritually and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But I do know relational alignment is really important right now for us to really come into what God has for us. And I think that we have to really allow God to adjust our relationships and make relationships right in us. Have y'all got... I know this ain't such an exciting thing, but it really is. So um, let me just tell you this other thing, man. I, this is good here, okay? The Lord's been giving me some songs lately. Yeah. So I got this one line for this song that I just love. I know it's from the Lord, okay? Because I don't usually do the song thing. Yeah. I've got the line. I got this one line. I'm trying to, I thought there's a couple more lines to it that I need to get. But I wanted Becky to come up and sing that one. And I want you to sing it because I love this. This is really so good. No, I can't sing it. I'm not going to sing it. It's bad enough as it is. <laughs> You're looking for that microphone right here. This is such a great song, and it's exactly the word of the Lord. Okay? I really believe it. You ready? <laughs> Give him a dose. Give him a dose. Give him a dose of the Holy Ghost. That's a real song. I was I was hearing it sung in my head yesterday. Now you know there's a difference. Yeah, there you go. Joe's gonna help me. Actually, this is the truth. I think there's a lyric about 
the grace of Christ and the lyric about the love of the Father. I think there's a song there that God really wants to. But I tell you this, this is what the church needs right now. Another dose of the Holy Ghost. Okay, how can, I mean, what else is there? I mean, truly, what else is there? You know, that's really what we need is a dose of the Holy Ghost. Now, you know the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, right? Now, I've heard this years ago. This, this old black preacher was preaching away about it. He said the difference, and now, literally, there's no difference. Okay, it's all the same. It's just the way you say it. But he said people who use the term Holy Spirit are people who are not in need. They're not desperate. Okay, he said, but people who use the term Holy Ghost, these are some desperate people. They need, and I thought, you know, I'm just a Holy Ghost boy. I'm desperate. I want to stay desperate. You know what God is doing right now? God's releasing a hunger. Okay, that's what He's doing. God is releasing a hunger. Did anybody, has anybody felt that? Have you gotten, like, well, you know what, Lord, I, think, I appreciate everything. You know, I appreciate good worship. I appreciate good preach. I appreciate all that. But, Lord, I am just hungry for something. You know, we've got to have all that other stuff, but we've got to have you, God. We've got to have something more. And you know what that is? This, that's what this is. God is getting ready to do something. Because he'll start putting a hunger in people. And they will stop, they will start thinking, well, you know, that was good what the Lord did. That was real good. You know, but man, I'm hungry for something else. And that's how it works. Is we think we we think we're so clever. Like we're gonna pray God and get God, we're gonna move God with our prayers. But you know what? We didn't think this. God's the one who made us pray. God put a hunger in us. And when you start getting people who are not satisfied anymore, okay, and when when they're sitting there and they're saying, you know what, I love the Lord, I love what God's doing, but I'm not satisfied. There's something in me saying this is not, this ain't getting it. Does anybody really feel that? I feel it. I think, Lord, I love, you know, I appreciate things, Lord. I really do. I love people, but I've got to have you. I've got to have something more than I've got. I've got to have another dose of the Holy Ghost. So we had this really great time this week. I did. I had a precious time. And I wanted to tell you about my precious time. Then I don't want to tell you. I know just some of us are doing together. Okay. The precious time was this. is Arthur Burke. I was thinking about Arthur Burke. And it really, uh, I don't know if we'll get to see him anymore because he's, he's really feeble in his body. Just 97-year-old people are feeble. You know, I mean, most of them are, if they make it that far. But I was thinking about it. People who came out thought, you know, they, these people, they don't know this man's, he's a prophet. He's not your normal prophet, though. He's, but he is a prophet. When he says stuff, he prophesies to you. He's, you know, asking me all these questions. What are you talking about? Oh, man, I'm so sorry, man. He's prophesying to you. I, he had switched my legs for 10 years. I thought, like, every time he comes, I'm going to get a switch. And here comes Arthur, here comes a switch. I was in a room one day when he gave a guy, he prophesied over this guy, and he rebuked this guy so bad. I, I wanted to crawl out of the room. I didn't want to walk out. I was like, God, if I can just get out of here in one piece, because I think he's headed my way, and I don't want to get it. I mean, it was not a switch, and it was a beating. But it was the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But this time he was different. He had this real sweetness on him. I mean, it was really sweet. And even when he was prophesying, because he was sort of challenging me about some things. And he did it in such a sweet way. It was incredible. And he, uh, when he, he talked to us, all he talked about, he talked about heaven. And he talked about how God had healed him. 
talk about the love of God and the mercy of the Lord. That's all he talked about. Those three things over and over. He just keeps talking about it. And you know, he's always talked about the grace of God. Ever since I've heard him from day one, it was a grace message. Grace, but he didn't really say too much about that. It was more the mercy of God. And see, he's come, you know, and the message he shared with us, I hope people here got that message. Because I know people come wanting to hear some big fiery preacher and, uh, you know, Arthur Burt has a bigger reputation than Arthur Burt. You know, I mean, really. Uh, but his message was, you know, how you end. It's not, and you know what? I was thinking about it later. I said, you know, I should give everybody hope. Because you may be in the dirt right now. Yeah. But he was saying, it doesn't matter. You can get out of the dirt and you can finish well. You know? And if you're doing great now, don't trust in your greatness. You know? But recommit your heart. Like, Lord, I want to I keep going. It was a power of time. Like I said, I had this stomach bug. I knew the Lord was on me. I had this stomach bug. And I was having to lay low. And then he came and my stomach bug went away. He came here. I was healthy and happy. You know, had the meeting and got up Tuesday morning and had breakfast with him, talked to him for a little bit, and they left, and my stomach bug came back. So I went anywhere else. It was grace. Not Thursday, yeah. So, you know, we have an inheritance in the Lord here. Okay? That's really powerful and really dynamic. We have a lot to be thankful for. That God has given us something that's really, it's, it's just a gift from heaven. Okay, I want us to get this this morning. Because I know I get into this whining, complaining, nothing's good, you know, I'm not happy, and I forget what God has given me. That God has imparted to me in you. He has imparted a, he has imparted a lot to us. He has given us, you know, I may not be the most talented person in the world or the most gifted person in the world, okay? You know, I may not be a five-talent guy. A five gift guy. But I'll tell you what, I have been given a gold mine spiritually. I'm not talking about spirit, I'm just talking about God has invested in me a massive amount of, of blessing and spirituality. Okay? And everybody in this room, God has done that for you. Okay? And what and I what I feel like the Lord's telling me is you need to you need to quit thinking about what you don't have. And what's not working. You need to shift into this mindset of what I have already done for you. Okay, what I've already done for you. Because I have given you a lot. And if you will begin to think on that, if you begin to connect that, you're going to realize you've got more than most. You've got something to give the world. You've got, to get, you've got something to give the person sitting next to you. You've got something from heaven. So what happens in our mind, I'm going to end on this, is this is, this is what happens a lot of people. You, know, you get stuck, you don't know where to go. Okay, I mean, have anybody been there? You just can't, nothing, you can't get things to work out in your life. And you're just sort of stuck somewhere. I don't know. I've been there. <laughs> but this is what I've been. This is what I do, and this really works. I'm. I have gone back to the cross. Okay. This is what I've done in my life. I've gone back to the cross of Christ, and I've realized some things. This the Bible tells us some things that the cross gives us, and I begin to say, you know what? When I feel rejected, I've gone back to the cross. But you know what? Christ was rejected for me. So I could be accepted. Lord, I am going to receive that acceptance because you went through the ultimate rejection. I don't have to be rejected. I'm just going to go back and, and I'm going to place my trust, I'm going to place my life on the truth of the cross. Okay? 
And as you begin to do that, and you begin to agree with that, okay, and when you begin to line your mind, see, I'm telling you the basic thing, how to line your mind up with God. If you can't line it up any other way, you can line it up like this. You can go back to the cross and begin to line your mind up with what with the finished work of Christ. And as you begin to do that, there's a reality that will come in your life. Because Paul the Apostle said this about the cross. He says the, the cross is the power of God. It's the power of God. And you can have the power of God released in your life through a simple way of simply making a choice in your life to stop believing the lies that are in here and all the other junk and begin to accept what the Bible says clearly is the truth about the, about the cross. And if you'll do that, and you'll really do that, and you really will go after that thing, your life can be changed. Those of you in this room this morning that have shame on you, your life can be changed. That shame can be busted off of you because he did not hang on that cross buck naked for three hours for you to walk around with shame in. And he did not. He did not get rejected by everybody. Everybody walked away from him. Everybody walked away from him. Are you talking about being rejected? That's the ultimate rejection. When everybody that you cared about, everybody that you loved and poured into, walked away from you. That's rejection. He did not go through that for me and you to walk around feeling rejected and isolated. It just. It's just not. There's power in that basic truth of the cross. There really is. And I believe, this is my, one of my prayers, Lord, please, please help me to get to the cross that it's a reality in my life and I can release the truth of the cross and the power of the cross into this world around me. Because I think, you know what, that's what we get down to, is we need the cross. And I believe what the Lord has done. I have chosen in my life. I have made a decision. You know what? I'm going to believe this. I'm going to accept this. And no matter what lies come in, what I believe, I am not going to accept it. I'm going to keep going back. If Jesus did this for me on that cross, then it has to be the truth. In other words, if the Bible says that He died, that He was beaten for our help, if He was beaten by His stripes for here, if that's the cross, if that's the truth, Lord, I have to embrace you in that. I cannot allow that. To, I cannot say this, well, I don't know if God heals or, you know, God doesn't heal me. All that. I can't allow that. I, can't, I have to say, if He was beaten for me like that, well, I've got to accept that and trust in that, regardless of what the circumstances or anyone says. And I believe as we begin to do this, then, then God can begin to change our life. And it really will help you. And I really want people to get free. So you and I can really have that, what I shared. Uh, can I read that again? St. Corinthians 9 and 11. Are y'all good? At the end. It says, you will be rich, enriched in everything for all liberality. That's what God wants to do. Enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Now, it is something that can flow out of our life, the mission. That God has placed us in. He wants to enrich us. He wants to enrich us. But He don't want to enrich us for us to just... It, it's got to flow out of us. It's got to go further than, than where we've been with it. It's got to. It really does. It's got, for all liberality, the Bible says. So if God has given you any, whatever He has put in you, if it's finances, it's got to flow out. If it's a gift of healing, it's got to flow out. 
If it's encouragement, it's got to flow out. It's got to. It's got to flow out, which calls a thanksgiving to God. Which means glorify God, that God is honored in the earth. Does this make sense? This is where God wants to take us. He wants to take everybody in this room. So, you know, I don't really have Matthew here to help me at the ministry time. But I don't know where he's at the beach. Why he's there. Why he's there. This is what. First of all, is there any sick in this room this morning? Raise your hand if you're sick. Anybody? Y'all, oh, there you go. We got one person. I tell you, I thought we were going to have a world record here. Alright, now I know this lady here, I'm not going to be embarrassing to you, but I know you have some hearing loss. Don's friend. I'm not embarrassing you, am I? She can't hear me. She has hearing loss. You have hearing loss, correct? But we want to pray for you for hearing loss this morning. Okay? Is that okay? I want to pray. I want us to go after hard stuff, man. We prayed for Paul... Uh, Manning this morning. Paul Manning can't see. He's blind. He's been blind all his life. He prayed for him this morning. I had a dream one time. And I prayed for Paul. He see this sight. He prayed for him one time. He didn't do it, so he stopped like a bunch of babies. But I'm saying, Lord, you know, we're going to pray for this guy and believe that God will give him his eyesight. So I want, you know, so, hey, let's just, so she has hearing loss. I know that. I'm talking to her last week. Anybody else got anything? I'm talking about, it, it can be a little thing, a stomach ache, headache. Pain in the back. Rhonda's got something on her. Anybody else? I, we want to pray for people this morning. If you're sick with anything, we want to apply by His stripes, the Lord's stripes, to your life this morning. And see what God does. You want to see the kingdom of heaven come in your life. Also, Doug Murdoch got up this morning and gave a tremendous. Doug Murdoch has been without a job for one year, July, be one year. One year. Now, Doug Murdoch ain't no dang bum. I'm going to tell you that right now when it comes to work. He is a very talented, diligent man. Okay? But he has been out with job one year. And it wasn't from lack of time. He said his testimony earlier was he had sent out over 100 resumes. Doug Murdoch starts his new job on June the 8th. Yeah, it's a good job. He's going to be working over at uh, this, in Canapolis at the research center as a maintenance electrician, which he's a highly skilled electrician, that is. And, you know, going to get benefits from the state. And one of the benefits that Doug brought up was he gets to take one course every semester at University of North Carolina System for free. So Doug can, Doug can, and Doug's a, you know, a student kind of guy. He's a guy who's been better than So it's really a tremendous testimony of God, a breakthrough of a job. So we want to pray for people this morning. That same, you know, that testimony's in the room. Uh, we want to pray for you about the job situation to release that. And Buzz's word this morning, Buzz the panic, that word about the Father's heart. I don't, I'll tell you something, we've went after that a lot in this church, but we haven't gone after it enough, really. If you're a person this morning, I don't care where you're at, but you, like what, the way Buzz so beautifully described that. Okay? You don't think I, you know, I'm not a big old husky guy, I don't look mean, but you mess with my kids, they'll side of me come out and chew that you didn't want to see. I, got, I thought, man, I'm not messing with this kid. <laughs> he, how he vividly described, that's the Father towards us. And Buzz said something that was really good uh, about worship. How, you know, that's a hindrance in worship. It's when we don't know how much we're loved. You know, because the Bible says we love Him because He loved us first. And when we get that revelation of, of love in our life, worship is like, 
It ain't like somebody's got to encourage it. You, you, worship's going to flood in me. I mean, it's going to come back. I mean, and I thought that was really the Lord, what he says. So if you're that person this morning, you, Mr. Buscapan is really a guy we want to pray for you. And then if you're a person this morning with the mind, okay, if your mind is cluttered, okay, with life, okay, in the Bible is a story, Luke 14, a woman had ten pieces of silver and she lost one of them. Okay? Lost it in the house. It's because of my, you know, your, your house. She lost something that was precious to her. It was still in there, but she couldn't find it. If you've lost something in here, if there's promises, there's, there's things you know in there, but you, you can't find them no more. God wants to sweep the dirt and the stuff that gets tracked into your house, into your mind from just living in this world. Sweep it out. And bring light into your mind. It says she lit a lamp. That's what it says in Luke 14. She lit a lamp and swept the house and found that one coin. Now that's powerful. That's prophetic for us. That if, if there's things in here that you, 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 I just can't, it's gone. I don't even, it's, it's gone. God wants to help you find it this morning and get back that precious thing in your mind that He's put in you.